Yo. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> well, hello, everybody out there in music video land. Welcome to 2015. Happy New Year. Um, and welcome to uh, Music Video Land Podcast. Uh, my name is Adam Fairholm of IMVDB, and uh, with me as usual, Mr. Doug Klinger of IMVDB. Hey, Daddy-O. There we go. There it is. And then uh, Mr. Adam Alexander of Fringe Music Fix. Hey, hey. And uh, we we're, heard... working out, we're working out the kinks. We're working out the kinks, yeah, because this is uh, it's a new <laughs> kind of a new format for us. Which we're we're flipping shit up. We're doing a lot of different things with uh with the podcast format here in 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 two zero one five. We also say years weird now. <laughs> yeah, two zero one five. That's the it's the hip new way. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but the hip new way to say years. Uh, and you know, if you've listened to or or, or a fan of IMVDB, the Internet Music Video Database, we've we have we've had a podcast for a long time since since a while. I think I think this is our four-year anniversary of having a podcast, Doug. I think our first episode was in January 2011. I don't even remember that. We've been we've been doing this podcast thing before podcasts were cool. Podcasts are cool now, and, and we've been doing them long enough to where we were embarrassed by it at one time. <laughs> we didn't. We literally didn't want anybody to listen. We were we were ashamed uh, in public. We would make a podcast and then immediately just bury it in the ground. Yeah, definitely. We just, we recorded on one audio via you know one audio cassette tape. Bury it. There's a lot of great episodes lost to time <laughs> before Adam Alexander came into the picture. Uh, so yeah, we've been doing this for a while, and we're kind of we're kind of switching up the format. And we have gone through a lot of different formats in the past few years, but we're we're kind of we're kind of breaking it off. And this weekly podcast is kind of a distillation, if you will, of what we've been uh, doing for a few years, which is talking about the week in music videos, because I think music videos are at a point where awesome things are happening every week, and, and we're going to get together every week, just the three of us, and talk about it. That's that's Just the pretty, boys. Just the boys. Um, uh, and I think, so I think it's also important to mention, though, if as a listener um, of this podcast, you're like, well, wait, I fucking love the interviews. Fuck you guys! Mm. I I say that's a valid point, and so because of that, we are also gonna do podcasts that are only interviews. How about that? Ooh, wow! That that's sounds, a concept. That, that's a concept I can get on board with. Yeah, that's fun, right? Because because the, then if you do like interviews, uh, you don't have to listen to this mumbo jumbo that you, that's going on right now. You can just <laughs> listen to the interview and uh, and do that. And then, uh, in addition to those two podcasts, we're going we're gonna to try some other crazy stuff, I no think, way. right? Yeah, I think we'll try try even further. I think we might even, I don't know, I, I don't think we, we'll say what else we got in store, but we might have some other podcasts in addition to those two. You're right. We might have something up our sleeve, and then addition to, additionally that we do have a daily podcast uh, daily two-hour podcast from Adam Alexander <laughs> called "Just Thinking with Adam." Yeah, right. Adam, Adam right? Are you have you been? How many episodes have you done with that of that so far? Uh, I'm I'm still working on the first. It's uh, it's been a four-day edit. Ooh, That's, which is important, right? You got a lot of thoughts, and you're trying to condense them down. No, I I get that. That makes a lot of sense. There, uh, there's a lot of things to think about in Fringe Music Fix, Adam Alexander world. Is it? it 
Mike, I one thing I wanted to ask about Adam Alexander World is it is it colder in in Canada right now than it is in New York City? That I don't know. I, how I'm how cold is it? How cold is it in Canada? Uh, right now we've had, uh, uh, and I'm talking Celsius, but it's been uh, it's been like almost minus thirty with wind chill the early this week. Holy shit! All right, I'm not even gonna. So, this is, this conversation's over. That's crazy. This is the world we live in. Cold. Wait, so super negative cold. Ce- negative thirty Celsius is negative twenty two Fahrenheit. Wow, that's that's insane. Absolutely insane. That's cold as. That's cold. In, that makes me feel less bad about how cold it is here in Brooklyn uh, and, and, like, in, and I, in I other have, parts of New York. I'm also like trying to preserve uh, some hydro right now and keep the bills down so I can pay for my internet. So I have like no heat on right now. So if, okay, if, if, if really Adam Alexander is not on the podcast next week, you know it's because he's heating his house instead of paying for the internet, which is... Uh, and we need to change the subject because this, this is getting pretty sad. So um, let's... Yeah, we need to move on a little bit. Um, so... I was like, I also don't have shoes. If anyone has shoes, please send them to me. Uh, <laughs> so um, we, we, we uh, should mention that So the, this this feed, the one you're listening to now, will continue on. Um, but but uh, if you go to imvdb.com slash podcast, you'll see the other podcasts that we're working on. And uh, those will be separate so think... feeds. Yeah, that, those would be different feeds, and I, so I think this podcast should should keep the numbers that we've been counting. Really, you think you should keep the? Okay, I can see I think that. This, I think this podcast because we've done like an incarnation mm. of this show within that stretch, and so I think this as the as the weekly podcast um, is where the numbers go. Okay. So I, what number then is this? One million. <laughs> yeah. This is podcast one million and five. Let me just uh, look this up really quick. Um, and this would be uh, number one thirty eight, and it is the week of January. Uh, this is January 9th, two thousand fifteen, Friday, and we are kind of. This is the first week of the new year, and I, and last week um, we released. I I don't know if you guys saw the post I I posted about. The kind of the, the times that music videos come out during the year and kind of looking at the hot spots based on the top 25 music videos which is not you know a super you know top 25 is sort of representative um but it's, you know, the, the videos in the top 25 are all so massive that there are so many big videos that are that are that are like not even in the top 100 um yeah but looking uh, at the ones that are like the top the top of the top i just thought it was interesting to look at when they were released um and January is, is in terms of like average views. January last year was only second to May in terms of average views for music video releases. Um and uh, the third is March. Um and the fourth is is February. So the 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 music video season, if you could call it that, is kind of top heavy. Although last year we had um in terms of like big blockbuster hits. Uh, May and August were by far the most uh, popular music video months. So when it's... when did um, when did Anaconda come out? Do you remember Anaconda and uh, um, Shake It Off were both released within a day, day of each other in August. So um, August was a August was a big month. August was a was a very big month. Although um, we talked a little bit about uh, the the kind of anomaly of Dark Horse. Dark Horse was by far the 
biggest music video of 2014. And I talked a little bit in the post about how it was, it was, an, I don't remember if, if when um, Katy Perry's Prism album came out in, in November of 2013-ish, I think, and Roar was the first single. I think it was a little earlier, maybe September 2013. And then the second single was going to be Unconditionally, and people were like, fuck that, the net, you know, we want to hear Dark Horse, that's our jam. Um, and they kind of forced it into a, into a single in a way. Um, and it was released as a single in December 2013 and charted on the Billboard chart basically all of February into March. But the music video didn't come out until February 20th, um, which is really rare for a music video. Usually they're coming out around the same time the single is released. Uh, so it was just a, a really interesting story of like if you're interested in the you know, kind of the numbers game of numbers game of music videos of of uh, you know it racked up 750 million views in 2013 so or sorry 2014 so maybe that's kind of a, a good way to go is to release a music video when something is really popular instead of at the very beginning. Usually the the music video usually kind of is a lead. Uh, into that, and that's what we kind of see most often. But uh, no, you're right. Uh, Katy Perry proved us proved us wrong. Yeah, we saw a lot of interesting kind of takes on what to do there in 2014 because it's never. But there's never there's not a lot of like common wisdom, right? There's not a lot of if you hired a consultant to tell you when to release your music video for your hit single. You know they're they're going to shrug their 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 shoulders because they a don't know when you know how well the singles could have perform. Um, so we had instances like that. What's that? Uh, um, God, that song that Kevin James Lee's did the video for a few years ago. That was a super sleeper hit. Uh, One Republic. One Republic. Um, uh, which which one was it? Um, it was Counting Stars, and that was yeah. an instance of a music video that was released months before it charted. But it but we also had really interesting instances in 2014 of Shake It Off being released. Uh, at the, literally the same time the single was, and 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 kind of the same thing for Anaconda. We also had you know videos like Problem by Ariana Grande, which was released you know weeks after the single was charting. So or what? Or and then on the other side, we also got Wiggle. Right. Yeah. Which, which was I was like surprised. The, the music video so was high. like yeah, but the music video was you know like way early. Oh yeah, yeah, way way. And I was really shocked to see that so high up there. Um, I mean, you kind of like called it as being like a like a like a sound. It's like a hit. You were like, "Hmm, this, be, this guy, this kid's got this kid's got pizzazz." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't say that, but you kind of like were like, "This this this guy, this guy comes together." All right, none of this is what you said, <laughs> but you did you did kind of indicate to me that you thought that this was going to be a popular song and and video, and it was. It was directed by Colin Tilly. Um, he Jason Drill just tried super hard with his last album, and he did pretty good. Um, he tried super hard, but in a good way, you mean? Oh, in not a like, good way, and not, not like, like he's trying overture. too hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, so, so that we, was we, that was last year. We're talking about old news here, you know. This yeah, is, this show's called this show. Although you introduce it as Music Video Land, we also call it This Week in Music Videos, and. Uh, and so because of that, we should talk about some of this week's music videos. Um, I like the way you think, Doug. 
But the weird thing is, because we've taken a little bit of a break, and because things are still kind of just ramping up for the year, uh, this particular episode uh, features some videos from prior to this week. Yeah, but I think we should start out with kind of like the story, the first big music video story of the year. Oh, yeah, no, we're definitely starting there. Um, and that is, you know, if we're talking about music, big music videos from 2014, our... our um, our number one music video of last year was Chandelier. Number one, f- number one favorite. Number one favorite. I think it was um, it was eight in terms of views, which is obviously great in the top ten. Um, but that was Chandelier by Sia, directed by Sia and Daniel Askill, um, and starring Maddie Ziegler of Dance Moms. Uh, and choreographed by Ryan Heffington. Exactly. I feel like I feel like you got to hit all, when you, we talk about this video. You got to like hit all those notes. Yeah. Like those, <laughs> those are the people who made it happen. Exactly. Um, and you know, obviously, you probably have seen this video. And I was kind of so. It's always interesting to me, like the concept of like spiritual sing- sequels. Like uh, there was a when you think about the movie Twins from the eighties. With Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dan- Danny DeVito, that video never that like movie never had a true sequel, but the the spiritual sequel was was Junior. Um, hmm. I get it. Yeah, you get it definitely. Um, and this is this is a a spiritual sequel, and we're taking you know the other the you know Chandler just had Maddie Ziegler in it dancing, and we're adding another person to the mix here, and that is uh, Mr. Shia LaBeouf. Who that is not the way you say his name, but that's my preferred way of saying his name. That's fine. I th- I feel like I feel like there's a few ways to say his name. Labouf, yeah, and I, shy. I how, how and you can you say, say him his name. I think close. that's pretty close. Okay. Uh, you say you say shy or Shia. Adam. Well, that the first name is the is the trickier part, but I, but I think you got the, the last. What name do you right? say? Is what I asked. I, I think I say uh, Shia. No, you don't. You say Shia. I say Sia. Okay, but what? Which is interesting. Their names are very are spelled very similarly, and they both should... have worn paper bags on their heads. Oh, weird! Now you're getting too deep, Adam. Uh, come, come up for air, buddy. No, I know uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf did, wore the bag over his head for the that weird art installation he did. But when did Maddie Ziegler wear a bag over her head? Well, no, no, Sia. no, not Maddie, but Sia. Oh, did. Sia. Oh, yeah, Sia's bit brown banging it all the time. Um, <laughs> she's into. I've never. I like if you were like picture what Sia looks like. My mental image of, is of like Sia from ten years ago because I don't know what she looks like now. She's very right. Private. You just got her with crayons on her face. Oh, that's like that's the first thing that. Uh, what's Always. the name of that album? Uh, some people have real problems or something. Yeah. When uh, I when I when I first like saw that album for forever i would just refer to like my sister who was really into that album i'd just be like where's that album with that crayon girl face and she'd know who i was talking about i didn't know who sia was I'm your sister's dumb. yeah your sister's on the cutting edge because oh she's she's what's up oh man man my nice sister. so this no video- just then just the, just then that was her moment and i say this is a spiritual sequel because it's, well, it's for a song called elastic heart um and the kind of concept is it's uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Maddie Ziegler in a cage, this giant wrought iron bird cage kind of looking deal. It's big. It's like probably like I don't know. Like, it's like a Costco bird it's, cage. It's it's, <laughs> au- 
It is. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. It's like a it's a pretty impressive set piece. Uh, I I think because it's also like solid. Like at at a point, like Shia Shia LaBeouf is climbing it, uh, like pretty impressively. Also, uh, yeah, this dude is ripped. I didn't know how he's a strong. He's a strong man. Uh, I could not do any of that. Um, uh, so yeah, he like climbs up and it like. It's there. It's massive. And Maddie you can Z- grow. A, you can. You, that's not true. You can grow a pretty good beard, though. That's so for you, sure. But I can't. I can't. You've. You've got. That I can't part. lift my body. And also, like looking at Shia LaBeouf, I feel like he grew that beard in like ten minutes. <laughs> like he ha- he didn't have that beard when he got the set. And he's. They were like, "Oh, we really thought you had a beard." And he's like, "No problem." And he just like went to the bathroom and came back out, and he had that beard. Like Shia LaBeouf is a is a is like such an interesting person to me he's he is like one of the most interesting people in like in hollywood to me and there was a second where he was like really slipping but he's starting to recover in in i feel like some people's opinions uh i think he's a pretty cool pretty cool dude anyway i feel like like this i've been talking about how strong and cool he is this is like doug loves shia labeouf podcast well it's interesting Uh, that he did this video because I, i mean i've been hoping for for years for this idea of like you know we had uh andrew garfield playing um you know a a cross-dressing man in the arcade fire we exist video earlier this year um we had jake gyllenhaal in the shoes we dance video um I, i feel like it's becoming more and more acceptable to be to like use music videos as a way to you know you know play a small part and this is definitely a part for him because this is a full-on interpretive dance. If we haven't mentioned before, Advantage Ziegler is in basically the exact same seal wig and you know nude leotard or nude. I don't even know what, what the name skin, is. Just like a like a skin-colored leotard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basically. same thing that you, that's like ratty and dirty. At, yeah, as, but it's dirtier as, this time. It's dirtier. Right, because and, she's she's been fighting. Yeah, and then Sheila Booth is is in uh, like uh, some skivvies. It's pretty impressive, by the way, Adam, that you've said his name differently every time. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just trying to play the <laughs> just trying to play the field here. That's fine. You, you you've got to hit it at least once. Exactly so, for yeah. my for my sound, but from a reel when I try out for <laughs> NPR, all things considered. Yeah, and um, this is an interpretive dance. Um, I you know as obviously was the, as was the previous video. As was the previous video, that was a singular interpretive dance. I feel like you can get into more like of a story, which people are definitely like the the the, the Sia chandelier video. I feel like people were pretty much on. They pretty much got what was going on, even though it was a dance. They were they kind of there wasn't like a lot of I mean, there was interpretation, but it wasn't like widely varying opinions of like what Sia's dance moves mean. This one they packed in a lot more stuff for people to pick apart um there's just a lot of there's not a lot of dancing in this it's more more like a, a interpretive you know two-person narrative dance if that makes mm-hmm. any sense it, it's very it's just, very i mean it's still narrative. i think it would yeah i think still like technically what you would call what they're doing the whole time is still like part of an overall dance performance although like what what Maddie Ziegler is doing in the Chandelier video is a lot more like a lot of it can be seen as traditional dancing 
in a sense whereas some of what you're seeing in the elastic hard video is like definitely like a lot more narrative in the in the in the dancing and they're definitely a lot more like different types of interactions between the characters obviously a lot of the depth of the of it it, it comes from the fact that there are two people that can you know kind of help interact with one another and and tell a story through that because the the set is a lot more toned down other than this massive cage i mean the um chandelier video the the set is is pretty complex there's a lot to it you know it's a i mean it's a, it's a rundown apartment essentially but it's um you know it it's it was a lot more this is a white room outside of this cage mm-hmm. and so um but given it's still chandelier is still got uh, plenty of moments i think left to interpretation i think uh they they there is a lot in there that is that you can you can take how you want Mm -hmm. um you know there's definitely like a narrative that there's a narrative that they were after um or that was the inspiration for what they were doing in the video but i think when you're dealing with uh interpretive dance you are d- dealing with people interpreting it in in ways and you can't really control that as the as the artist i've talked to people who have watched um, chandelier and elastic heart and for whatever reason i'm not sure what that might be but people really want to try to explain elastic heart more so than chandelier maybe that's what adam is touching on a little bit there it almost commands uh some kind of an explanation as to what's gone on whereas chandelier can be just enjoyed as as an awesome dance video as well it I has actually, that narrative but yeah i actually think that that makes i actually think that that makes a lot of sense um it is interesting that you didn't you like i i feel like people are definitely picking this video apart a lot more than the last one and uh, there's a lot of elements that are the same from the last video and this video that people are reacting to differently now um i feel like what maddie ziegler has on in this video has been more impactful uh in this in in this case than it was the last time and and her outfit hasn't changed and i think that's super interesting. Well, you have the addition of so <clears throat> we should explain a little bit of the controversy around this video, and I, and I hesitate to call it controversy because, well, I guess it is controversy. So, Adam, you were retweeting some Sia tweets last night that were essentially her apologizing from for the video in a way, or explaining that she knew it was going to cause a little bit of controversy, but um, you know she she felt like. Shia and Maddie were the only people who could play these these parts, and she—I mean, she essentially kind of apologized for like triggering any pedophilia um, triggers in anyone. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, and I mean, in watching the video, um, I immediately knew that there would be those kinds of. Uh, claims or or people that would be offended by that um and just to provide provide the context to what 
because uh, we've gotten into it a little bit, obviously, if anyone's seen the Chandelier video and hasn't seen Elastic Heart, they know what Maddie Ziegler wears in the Chandelier video, and 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 this video has an adult male alongside of, how old's Maddie Ziegler, 12 or I think or she's something? 11 still, or 12, Yeah, maybe, 11. <clears throat> and uh, Shy is in a, uh, you know, like a male, just like bottom piece, like leotard thing no that... like shorts like tiny like underwear shorts basically yeah but they're like they're kind of like dancers he's not shorts, wearing right? a lot he's no, not wearing yeah. a lot if like you if like a male dancer if like I've I've seen clips of like male dancers uh, have you perform like practicing not mm-hmm. just males males and females and like those types of shorts are, are they around yeah. couple boys couple dudes wear they're around um, uh, they're around the block and yeah it, I, I mean so Sia was I saw this all the time. Well, let's just well and finish it up. So they're and they're dancing uh, with each other at times, uh, very closely. How do we describe this without just like saying what what's happening? Well, closely, but not like provocatively. I think not provocatively. Yeah, she's never done in that way. I I didn't think anyway. She's in in a sexualized way or at all, even romantically. It's not even romantically. I didn't find. But there's definitely like a, a lot of physical contact between the two sure. of them, and and, and the, they're essentially like battling in the video, and that's pretty clear. Right. They're like kind of rhythmically kicking each other, and you know, there's a struggle between the two of them, and 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 the struggle, you know, sometimes is like violent, and sometimes it's like a struggle within how they're reacting to each other. That kind of like goes through waves of. You know, aggression towards each other, empathy for each other, and it's kind of moving in and out of these emotions towards each other, and it's coming through in this dance. And at times, like I said, Maddie's on her sh- uh, shy's shoulders, and they're laying on the ground, and so. But there's nothing romantic or sexual or anything yeah. like that. So I think, I think I think it's important too to note uh, the one tweet in the series that Sia tweeted out mentioned that um, both characters in the video are representative of states of her as a person. So that kind of detaches the idea that there's any sexualization between the two of them because they're actually two components of of her psyche. So. I would sure. actually bet that they talked about having him in a wig. I, I bet you that was a t- something they discussed because that's that interesting. Made sense. I feel like it would have. I feel like it would have had a different impact like that. It it would have. I mean, these are great filmmakers. I feel like a dude in that Sia wig would be hard to like. Well, have, she's done that. Just strike she's this same. It, strike the, the, I don't, yeah, no, you're you're right. But it would just be a lot yeah. harder to strike this same tone with that. Um, I, sure. I think. I think. So I th- I think it's like despite the fact that these are both supposed to be Sia, I don't think that like you can make something so interpretive and like automatically assume that people are gonna know that. So you can't really while that does like exonerate them uh, in reality, like in terms of like people's interpretations, I still think it's interesting to to look at that because. There really is nothing, at least from my view, to indicate sexuality in this video. So I feel like that's being like placed into this through the person who's doing the interpretation, which right. they obviously had to be conscious of with this type of video. But like, 
what what you take from what's going on here is on you and you know if you like feel like this is this dude is like Shia LaBeouf is like trying to like seduce rape, her or, rape, or rape Maddie Siegler like what's going on with you yeah. why do you think you know, I don't. You just I don't turn want... the tables around, Doug. You just well, turn the why are you always? Why are you thinking this? Well, this like... is a this is a really interesting moment, I think, because the first Chandel, you know the Chandelier video was so incredibly popular and pierced the mainstream so much. You know, it was on Ellen, and you know, Maddie Ziegler did the dance on Ellen. You know, it was parodied all the way up to Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was is one of those videos that really took off and was part of like the cultural conversation on a very high level in 2014 and you know it was it, it kind of you know walked the line between you know inter- you know uh interpretive dance art and a music video that mm-hmm. was purely for entertainment and this one makes a bit of a turn into i mean it's, it, you know i want to be clear this is a beautiful video i think it's a brilliantly executed and i think both Maddie Ziegler and uh, Shia LaBeouf are incredible in this video. So, um, but it's it, it's amazing to see this sort of level of interpretive interpretive art be kind of like dragged into the mainstream. It, like, if you look at the comments of this music video, I was prepared for kind of a cesspool, and all those kind of the top rated comments are of people saying, you know, this is art. You know, this is my interpretation of this art. Um, you know, if you find anything offensive about this video, you know, you're, you know, you just don't understand art. And I, I don't think I've really seen that before of like, yeah, people like on a, a white... YouTube comments, usually YouTube comments are just like gay. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Gay. If this, yeah, if this was YouTube, you know, five years ago, the first comment would be just like bag, you know, right. it, it would, it, it would be a totally different conversation. And it's really interesting that that conversation is happening, especially because this, you know, you, you take away that, you know, Put the cage on a, 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 a you know black box theater with a single light on top, and you got yourself a you know Thursday night um, you know uh, interpretive dance show at the art house right. theater. You know it's it, it's very much of that vein, and but yet it's, it's a beautiful video. I think Shia LaBeouf and Maddie Ziegler have really funny. Sometimes this video is super funny, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's very emotional. Like there's a great moment where they kind of have a reconciliation. And Sheila Buff goes to touch, you know, like, you know, like, console Maddie Ziegler and she, like, bites him. Yeah. And he gets up and, like, starts acting all nutty. It, it's, it's, there, there's so much humor and there's so much, like, depth to this video. I just don't think that calling it out as a controversial or, like, looking at it that way is just, like, stopping short of everything. Right. Totally. It's so, it's, I was, like, heartbroken at that, at the end of the video. And it was so unexpected. Like, I didn't think like watching the like first quarter of this video like seeing like Maddie Ziegler like sh- chasing Shia LaBeouf around a cage with her like arm between her legs like trying to ch- catch him like I there's no way that I was like prepared to like all right well in two minutes you're gonna cry uh, <laughs> it's like and, did like, you I, cry at this video Doug? no I didn't cry at this video but I was like super like oh fuck and like part of me was like why do i even feel this way like i like <laughs> it's like i was not exactly sure uh and then they kind of hold on it and drag it a little longer and then i kind of like start to kind of understand my feelings this is what this video is it's a thing where you're talking about understanding your feelings at the end of it and uh that's fantastic <laughs> it's fantastic it's 
it's unfortunate that it follows like the best video of the year last year and it you know draws from that so much because there's no way to watch this video without the without the context of like uh oh this is a lot like that other music video and so like i think i think it, it's 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 interesting like it builds it definitely builds on that but like it's it's also very like surface level too it can be like that favorite chandelier video from last year plus Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> like it's it's a video that you can put in a headline, uh, but that it's also and people super deep. did people loved put it. I, I, put it yeah, I, I would kind of go with the other side of the coin and say that I would love to watch a video for every track on the album with Maddie in it. And, yeah, and, no, and no, I would never get bored of that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or it's right. a thing that is going to bored them out of you. I, what I think though. Uh, is that it's um, it it is it can be reduced sure easily and also I think that that is where some of like because it's so easy to reduce like once something's been like reduced to that it's so easy to be latch on to like something unimportant like oh and also he's old and she's a kid and oh my god and you know and like that's your there you did you wrote your piece. It's kind uh, of fun to imagine uh, seeing this video if Chandelier would have never been released. This yeah, it's had funny to think a about whole it. other it's, impact. Hmm. Right, it's interesting to think about that because, like, part of me is like, well, it's I don't know if it's as good as Chandelier, and then like, and I literally like said that to probably both of you guys like a few hours ago, <laughs> and then I watched this video again, uh, and I was like, man, maybe I love this a lot, and I hmm. kind of do. Uh, so. Uh, I think uh, one tail end of this conversation um, that I think is just worth m mentioning briefly is this is the second version of the Elastic Heart video. There was a Elastic Heart video that came out in 2013 um, that is obviously nothing like this, and it came out before Chandelier. And as far as I can tell, they've like scrubbed that video completely from the internet. Uh, but Adam, you you saw that video, right? Mm -hmm. um, Do you remember? I mean, I, and I was a huge fan of the song when I first heard it. That the original version uh, from the Hunger Games soundtrack actually had the weekend in it too, which mm -hmm. was really cool. But I remember when the video dropped, I was I was really stoked, and I watched it. And it, I mean, no disrespect to the people that put it together, but it was sort of a mediocre video for a really awesome track. So well, I think the people who put it together are Sia, is who we have currently listed as the director of that other video. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was definitely nowhere as impactful as uh, as what they've done here, for sure. <laughs> and and now, who's the weekend? <laughs> uh, people are making fun of me. I uh, I do not know who the weekend was, but I would like to. I think a good button on this conversation is. Somebody who uh, brought up a very important question on uh, YouTube, um, Deanna Lynn, and, uh, her question is as follows. So my question is, and this is no hate against Maddie, but this is her second video. When do we call her professional? Because if she is a pro dancer, she can't compete at the competitions for dance moms. Mm. Um, 
That's a legit question because many, you know, even articles that have mentioned Maddie Ziegler as a dancer from Chandelier have also mentioned that she's from, you know, Dance Moms is a very popular program. So uh, when does she become a professional? It's a very, very, uh, very astute question. Well, I I will also uh, say, and I don't have any firsthand knowledge of the production of these videos, uh, but, you know, People volunteer for music videos all the time. Mm. Shia LaBeouf probably didn't get paid for this music video. Um, uh, or, you know, it's very possible that he didn't. Uh, you know, music videos, people don't make lots of money for music videos. And it's very possible that Maddie Ziegler did these videos for no money, uh, which may be illegal to have children working for free. But, like, that's what, that's what like, dance competitions are, right? She's doing nothing different. Anyway, without getting into, like, the legal depths. It's and possible new, to using de- You're hitting a whole new set of triggers now. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's we... possible she did, it's possible she was not compensated for her time or paid, in which case maybe sure. she's not a professional. And like maybe that's the rule. And or who knows. But like g- great question. Just asking questions and that was a good one. Um Can I quickly say I just want to say one more thing about both Elastic Heart and Chandelier and, and I don't know if you guys are are with me on this but uh there's something to be said about the replay value of these videos compared to a lot of other videos like i've watched these videos both a ridiculous amount of times and doug you mentioned that that you did go back to elastic heart and and do you feel like you'd watch it again as well yeah probably i don't i wouldn't go as far as to ever say i will watch it a ridiculous amount of times um so I agree though. This, I've watched Chandelier quite. It's got a huge replay value, and I, mm-hmm. I believe this video will, in the next few months, prove to it as well. I um, think you're not going to see the level of views that it got because part of what, part of like the the internet draw of the first one was like, holy shit, look at this 11 year old, uh, right. and it was like an unknown to a lot of people, and it like caught people off guard a lot. Like, this isn't. This isn't doing that this to the same level, and so right. it's probably not going to like it. What's what's Chandelier at? It's like four hundred million views. Chandelier is at uh, I think at the end of the year it clocked in at four hundred and twenty million views. Yeah. So yeah, and now Elastic Heart is performing very well. When it came out yesterday, it's got seven million views. I mean, and, and this is a very slow time for like yeah, there's high, not much else to watch. So high, there view, isn't. <laughs> high view music video. I mean, if you look at our like current top 10 music videos of the week um you know we've got stuff with uh, you know under 20,000 views in the in our current top 10 and and so you know this is this is rocking almost 7 million and so uh way to go um so we need, I'm so okay music- we could just talk about this video <laughs> yeah the, the, well, I guess this, this is the video this is the video with the most substance and it's also the one that actually sure. came came out this week so uh i think it's worth talking about let's stick with <laughs> let's stick with something else from this week we'll go in the uh exact opposite direction and we will talk about fancy by kid kids Bob's kids <laughs> good good oh kids. boy a lot of kids this week lots of kids stuff yeah so this is maybe not the exact opposite then i guess the exact opposite would be like old men in a cage dancing <laughs> with with Ren Stevens, uh, oh no, old men in a that's field. That's dizzy kids. Um, so the, we should we should kind of address the fact that we do track kids bop. 
Well, IMDb. they make music videos, right? They do. And they they make relatively you know high production value. It didn't always used to be that way. They have a they have a song called. Um, Chicken and noodles, chicken noodle soup from 2010. By the way, we went to this. We went to Fancy Next because if you just to see who really likes us, because this is a video that no one gives a fuck about. We're going to talk about it anyway. It can't be nobody because this is this comes off of the 27th Kids Bop album. This is from Kids Bop 27, and um, the the thing I wanted to talk about this music video is it's it's very interesting to me that they don't pull from the concept of the actual video at all for any of the Kids Bop Kids music videos. So that means that, like, there's a director out there who was like, hey, do you want to write a treatment for Fancy? And they're like, oh, shit, Fancy by Iggy Azalea? And they're like, no, by Kids Bop's <laughs> Kids. And then, and then they have to then come up with a music video for the kids and it's like something original and they decided that like what is this some kind of like weird spaceship full of kids yeah it's a spaceship a, a full of kids in, in space right it's, one of a space space kids spaceship full of kids bops logos uh pretty sweet well this video what is depicted in this video um is honestly my personal nightmare uh <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing more terrifying to me than dancing and camera munging children. Right. Um. People, like it. It just. It just weirds me out. No, like, it's children very... acting like older people and mugging for the camera. It just. It like the, my own personal like nightmare. The thing that wakes me up with cold sweats is to like it's... have a child who is. 12 and interested in, in like in their performing arts and doing this sort of thing and like like having that be like a part of my life i, I just because these kids are what how old are these kids that are they, uh, they keep getting are, older in these kids bob videos. yeah these kids are probably like in reality this is is kids bobs is probably like an under 14 thing and these kids are probably all 14 because kids bob used to be like songs for kids like if you look back on our our, on our kids pop list like they used to do some covers, but they also did like uh, you know a song called "Ice Cream and Guacamole" and <laughs> and "Go Christmas" and um, the type of songs that the Olsen twins used to sing when they were like <laughs> yeah, give me pizza and that kind of you know, songs <laughs> about food and shit that kids love. Right. And now wait though, this kids pop is is exactly the same thing as I remember something from when I was a kid, mini pops. That was the same idea, I right? I don't know what that is. I don't is, know. But yes. Yeah. Maybe uh, is that the Canadian version of Kids Bob? Yeah, it was. No. This is a saga version. I'm going to do some research later. All right. I got to find out. Because yeah. I, I think there at better be, some point, someone what, just what thought. Is it? What is it called? It's Mini Pops. All right. So I was be, little. So, I was so little, there better I'm, be 45 Mini Pops albums out there. Because otherwise, there I is. not believe them. So, my wife is a teacher. Um, and she deals with obviously a lot of kids, so I thought she might have some insights into this. So I asked her what, like, I showed her some of these kids up videos, and asked her what the kind of the point of these are. Um, and you know, she said, you know, the the main point, you know, some of them she she f- felt did not, you know, needed a a, a kids up version. For instance, fancy they take one verse out of fancy. Um, and they just like chuck the rest of it out, and it's interesting which verse they they choose to keep in. 
But well, that's because the thing for that like it resonates with the kids Bob fans is just the the chorus. Well, I also think that they took out the dirtier verses. I mean, what like well, what are they, are they gonna do? The, they did not do the the Charlie XCX lines about like trashing the hotel room and getting drunk on the mini bar. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, but she said uh, that you know, like a lot of the other kids about the songs, like um, "Safe and Sound" and "Call Me Maybe," you know, don't really need Kibzob versions because they're already f- they're already clean the way they are. So it's, it's right. Anyway, um, no, that's it. That's, yeah, right. They they cleaned it up. I guess it's just like there are parents out there who like just want to like is it, my pop music is not vanilla enough, and so they need. <laughs> But add more vanilla. The thing, just to tread back, because it this is very troubling to watch to me as well. I don't know if it's my personal nightmare, but it's pretty close. Um, mainly because I don't, I don't. It's so unnatural. All of the kids' mannerisms are so unnatural that everything reads that like they were told to do that move precisely, mm. and that makes me kind of weird. That like someone thought like this girl like grabbing her jacket a little bit and like pulling it in a little bit and then doing like the gun hand forward while she raps is gonna make it better and that's like weird to me that like the thought process that goes behind that and so it's less about the kids because they're kids but and more about like the mechanism behind this oh totally totally it makes me like weird I, i i get that you're there too but um because you know you can it's always troubling when you could look at something and picture the apparatus around it that that came together to create that i think right. that's that's the ultimate kind of disturbing um and, and the fancy video is definitely in that vein but i think one of the worst in this catalog is the um everybody talks cover um, that they did in 2013, Kids Bop, where they're all... Forgive at... me for not having in the personal reference in my brain. Well, this Although is the they... one where they're at the Atlantis Resort. It drives me insane that this video came out in 2013, but it comes off Kids Bop 23. Mm. So that means that in, three, in, uh, in two years, they've pumped out four Kids Bop albums, never once giving half a verse <laughs> to the same kid twice. Like, this is always different kids, and all they get is, like, four words from the song. It's like a hyper, it's like a very high turnover Menudo. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's bad. They're just looking, looking for their one kid that they can sell off to Disney. And they uh, haven't had that yet. I don't think it's been a Kids Bop kid. Um, yeah, like, like yeah, they're not like the, they're not like the Mickey Mouse Club that, like, <laughs> breeds like a thousand megastars like like none of these kids do anything else but this but there this is, is like, there is a girl in this crazy. that looks that i think could be it like the the main girl in this is pretty good in which one are we talking about now everybody talks no no and fancy the one she's she's sort of like the main girl she's she's i didn't i didn't pick up that there was a main girl i didn't pay enough attention yeah she's in a lot of different outfits but like the there's two yeah, people like, her and the and the one kid with the glasses right, right the glasses the and the fedora sequence. yeah um continue. yeah they're kind awesome. of front and center of the whole deal you're right adam and and she's yeah. she's pretty good she's not as like awkward and the kids you know the 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 kid with the fedora who looks like a 12 year old pharrell um is also pr- pretty good, but uh, yeah, he's he's got a little bit of flow. He's got bit, some flow. She's flow. got less flow, but more camera presence. 
they're not doing anything after this. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, I mean, they're going to go back to school is what they're going to do, hopefully. Uh, but I do think that uh, Sophia Grace is going to do some cool stuff. Oh, God. Ooh, motherfucking, motherfucking Adam Alexander with the cool transition. Um, and, and also, for those keeping track, the third video starring a child that we're going to talk about. Kids are kids are what's hot in 2015. Kids are fucking in 2015. Um, <laughs> so, and actually, you know, this is the second video this week that has an Ellen tie to it because oh Sophia Grace was a was definitely an Ellen uh, kind of protege. Yeah. So, like, so just like the last twelve years, Ellen is big in 2015. <laughs> uh, so we should just mention that. So Sophie Grace is, I don't know, she's very, very, she's much younger than any of the kids, Bob kids. She's what, eight? She's, yeah, she's super young. Although, they, like, although she, this is uh, the oldest she, like, she seems much older than, like, my mental picture of Sophia Grace when you say that. Like, this is a, she, she's definitely, like, older now. Mm. She's eight. Like, yeah, you, you're right. She's eight. And because like the, her older stuff, her her previous stuff was like tea party kid, mm. and now she's like bowling alley kid. Well, the, the so her previous <laughs> video was 2013. Girls just gotta have fun. Directed by Matt Alonzo, who, who has been on this this very podcast, and he also directed the best friends video. He also directed the best friends video, which came out this week. Um, and this is like a this is definitely a, a more grown up Sophia Grace. And this video also makes me, for whatever reason, significantly less um, uncomfortable. Is yeah, that a double negative? Yeah, he does a good job I'm, that. that. I'm way more like, I am not as fearful <laughs> of this video as I am for the Kids Bop video. This feels a lot less uh, manufactured. I think there's a few reasons for that. Number one, Sophia Grace is super, super cute, super charming. She definitely right. knows exactly what she's doing um, on camera. And Matt Alonzo brings this sort of really kind of humorous and lighthearted take to it that I think is really, really necessary for this kind of video. Because it, it, this is not a video that just anybody can handle. You kind of have to have a really, um, you know, uh, attention to detail touch like Matt Alonzo has. Mm-hmm. And he does a really fantastic job with this. Also, this you know, so the plot of this video basically is, you know, um, Sophie Grace is talking about her best friends, and she's got a kind of crew, a posse of her best friends, which are around her age, and they do kind of girl stuff. I, I don't know, and they go into like a grown-ups, her I guess her mom's closet, and try on big hats, which little girls have done in every single. You know, uh, this movie. is like kids. It's kids being kids. It's right? kids one hundred and one. This is, kids were doing this in the in movies in the eighties, um, mm-hmm. and then you know. The, but then the mom comes in. She takes the ball to to Kmart, which I didn't know <laughs> still existed, and they go so very specifically Kmart. Very very specifically Kmart. And, and you they, ever see the mom's face? No, you see her boobs, but you never see her face. <laughs> and her and her back. Yeah, you I see, don't think you, you see her torso, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, um, and, but the, I, and then Sophia Grace is also singing and rapping. By the way, she's like, she she, which is, is not unusual. She came on the scene rapping Nicki Minaj stuff. Exactly, yeah. she's pretty good in this. She's rapping in front of an infinity pool, which it's like 
she's kind of like in the same setting that you would put Pitbull in, and he would he <laughs> would also look like in place. It, it's, it's a very interesting video in that way, and it's the type of video that Matt Alonzo has made. Oh yeah, definitely. Like in, in you know for grownups. Um, so and I think another key difference between Sophia Grace and Kids Bops, just kind of like as artists, even though I stretch. (laughs) Oh boy, here Uh, we go. We're starting up 2015 strong. This is is huge. Uh, It's just kind of like the context in, in which those two things exist. So Kids Bops, so the 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 means in which the talent for Kids Bops is discovered, I believe, comes from like parents who think their kids are talented enough to be stars and like seek someone who's like, I'm gonna turn I can help you turn your kid into a big pop star. And so that they make a music video that tr- is trying to be a pop video. Um, and and they do that at, while the kids are trying to sing a pop song. Uh, Sophia Grace was like discovered because she was like rapping on the internet, and Ellen saw it, and like and like she was discovered for like a talent that was there already. It was like Sophia Grace had like has a has has like a artistic value, even though she's eight. Because she's fun to watch, and and charismatic and charming and talented. Like, I I I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but I don't I can't say guys meaning the kids because I can't say that about any of the kids in the kids pop video. Like, I can't even remember what any of them look like. They're all just like that kid has yellow on. <laughs> like, I, when you guys said like, oh, the kid with the glasses, I was like, which one is that? I don't remember there being a star of this video, and I watched the video. <laughs> So I, I didn't like not watch the video. I actually did, and and nothing stuck with me except for like there was a lot of lens flares and like and 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 uncomfortableness, and like I took stuff away. I like know more about Sophia Grace as a musician and a performer <laughs> as a performer. Maybe not as a musician, but as a performer, this video she's developed further in this video. Is that weird or is that are you guys with me? I'm with you. I'm um, with yeah, you. I'm with you too. Yeah, she's got yeah, some skills. Fuck yeah. I mean, we don't. We're not sure how. Like you know, as an artist, but she's got some skills. Like you said, she was discovered for being able to do something. And it's in this kind of video, this trope or this idea of this kind of video is kind of kind of perfect for her. Um, this kind of video and this kind of song is used relatively frequently to introduce like younger stars um, and and I'm thinking of the like the not younger in terms of how young she is but like newer stars um there's the uh, uh I'm reminded of the Oath video by Cher Lloyd featuring Becky G directed by Anna Lux Davis from 2012 which is basically like this like the the Sophia Grace video plus you know like 10 years it's basically, you know, very shares very similar things. The song is about, you know, girls being friends and, you know, features the same kind of themes, only more grown up. They're not, you know, rapping in a toy aisle in Kmart. Um, but it has, you know, it shares those similar themes. This is kind of something you see over and over. And if you kind of look for it, it's kind of like a music video trope. 
Um, but Sophia Grace is, is she's just kind of super funny and, and she's is super into it and she's a, a good, you know, good rapper, very surprisingly. So I, I, I thought this video was, was really hilarious. And I think it's like one of the top videos this week, right? Yeah. Second, second most popular, uh, um, we forgot to write, we wrote 2014 on our check and not 2015. And we actually had accidentally had that one mismarked, but now it says 2015 and now it's on our chart. Mm, um, still writing 2014 on our music videos. Yeah. Back, actually it says, 2013. I'm best uh, friends? No. What are you talking you're, about? Fucking Adam, man. Adam, on girls oh. just gotta have fun. Yeah, on girls just gotta have fun. Oh, that's the old one. I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> I, um, I want to talk about... Alright, let's talk about... You are fired. I want to <laughs> talk about another one that did come out this week. I want to talk about uh, Till I Die by Machine Gun Kelly. And I want to talk about this video for a very specific reason. Mm. We don't we don't need to dwell on the actual music video. We waste our time with that. No, that's disrespectful. This is a very successful uh, kind of just like city-oriented music video. The song Till I Die is essentially Machine Gun Kelly professing his love for the city of Cleveland uh, and he was, and he's gonna do so till he dies. And the hmm. video is basically just him uh, performing around Cleveland. A lot of like, you know, shots of just like people on the streets interacting with Machine Gun Kelly, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm sure you guys watched all of that stuff. But then at the end of the video, did you guys get this far? Oh yeah, I there, got this far. There is a whole behind the scenes video of this video. So the video, the song is like th- you know three and a half, four minutes long, but the video is seven minutes long, and it's got like a two and a half minute behind the scenes at the end of the music video, um, and then you and then you scroll down a little bit further on our IMDb page, and you look and you see that Machine Gun Kelly is credited as an editor on this video, mm-hmm. and lots of things start to make sense and start to fall into place about that. Uh, what do you guys think about that element of this video? Well, this video to me, I like. I'm so tired of these types of videos. These like, yeah, they're never going away. So welcome to the neighbor. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm gonna tolerate them, but I just find nothing interesting. And I mean, I get you love Cleveland. I love Cleveland too. I've been to Cleveland. It's, it's, it's a good city. Um, but you know, the the shots of the city and the you know the group of people. You know, I understand. There's a, some cool people in Cleveland, but I don't think that makes for compelling music video. The the, the you're right. I, I I was looking at the like the, the the progress bar and I was like, huh, I'm like two thirds of the way through this video and it's songs wrapping up. And then in starts the behind the scenes right after it on the roll. And it's not your typical behind the scenes where it's like here's how we made the video. This is basically Machine Gun Kelly's annotated tour of Cleveland and like all the little like nuances and all the navel gazing that he wants to do, um, which I don't think, you know, I've I've heard of Machine Gun Kelly and he's a relatively successful guy. I don't think that really his level of uh, fame really warrants this yet. But I it did was find obvious, it, I, I it did was find a it weird move. Though. I did find it like interesting and like I actually was like, I'm not a, like I don't I'm like a huge. He's got a pretty big fan base uh machine gun kelly like a pretty like you know a loyal fan base Mm -hmm. and so 
I think for them, like that type of stuff is super relevant, and I like or super interesting probably. And I was like kind of interested in in elements of that stuff. I thought it was kind of like. I was just interested by like what they were doing with that. Like I get that like artists um want to put out different types of video content to like support their YouTube accounts, but it's weird that they like jam it into one video, but um yeah, it was very very interesting. It's interesting that Machine Gun Kelly was listed as an editor and it's very interesting that they that they put the whole behind the scenes video at the end here. Well, well it's not he, like, really behind the scenes. It's more like a cliff notes to what you're seeing because like in certain scenes they're in like a room with lots of scribbles on the wall and you see that in the music video and then later in the behind the scenes you get to see like he tells you like what this is and what this means. Right. But then and then there are other times where they're just showing you clips of performance and a man holding a camera. Mhm. Yeah, like exactly. they do work that stuff into. Um one thing in defense of this type of video and it's tired and you're never going to like you know it's it, it's it's almost impossible to do something new with it but i think in hip hop i think that the place that you're from um has is like historically like really important obviously uh, anyone who's listened to a lot of hip hop, like this is definitely like a trend that has always been there. And it's like in the fabric of hip hop, being like really proud of where you're from, like hip hop culture, like came from, you know, people like, you know, part of it came from like people who wanted to be proud of a place that like was less than like appealing and, and trying to like make a place that like most people like, disregard and like and like add a value to it and add a value to like the things that most people would like look at and and think negatively about and so the reason that you're never going to like get away from that is because like that type of thing is in the fabric of like hip-hop i think and um you know that's that's why you're going to get it so that's my defense of that yeah, and I understand that, and I I I think that is I think that's a huge part of hip hop, like uh, more than rock artists. Although I rel- I I generally know where they come from, I very much identify you know uh, hip hop art hip hop artists by their like origin place. Not only mm-hmm. because they mention a lot, you know, like Lil Wayne mentions Holly Grove. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, every every New Orleans a lot, and but you know, and and you know, Kanye West filmed uh, the video for um, Homecoming in Chicago because it's songs about Chicago. But this this sort of just like let's get everybody together and and you know, mug for the camera and show us all the spots in the neighborhood. There's just nothing. You know, the, the re- Little Wayne never tells us about, you know, what's specifically in Holly Grove, like the convenience store or whatever, or like all the little things that he remembers from Holly Grove. He just <laughs> identifies it as like as a place and he mm-hmm. uses that as a place as as, you know, this is where I came from. And this is where I'm going. And, and he connects it as his roots. There's not really like he's not like, hey, by the way. You know, you know I'm from Here's Holly Grove, Louisiana. Wall. Let me show you everything about this place and mm-hmm. some people from it. There's, you don't need to get that deep into it, you know? Now, also, though, early in Lil Wayne's career, he did a ton of videos like this. And, like, mm, Cash, yeah, Cash, Cash Money Records also, like... But this is not early in Machine Gun Kelly's career either. 
And this also, like, and that, in that time, when it was early in Lil Wayne's career, like, that's almost all you were getting from hip-hop videos. Like, That's a bad, that's a bad example. I'm thinking more of, like, um... And no, but you're you're right though. The their overall point is right. Like they don't get as deep as this. Necess- like it's not necessary to do. Like it it usually is a is a different purpose. And now like this song is also like over the top about Cleveland. Like at the beginning, he's like at the of the song is just him like talking about like <laughs> just like no matter where I fucking go, like like just like saying like people wouldn't people wouldn't let him perform because he talks about Cleveland too much, like, which is an insane thing to hear. Like, it could be true, but that's weird. Uh, but picture, but like, like, picture um, Kendrick Lamar doing a video like this about Compton. Um, just that. I, 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 get, I, I get the overall point, even without, like, a, like a great... Uh, example to grab onto, like, I, I, but I Ken, think Ken, Ken, Kendrick Lamar never. I mean, he's constantly talking about Compton and 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 his up, you know, where he came. His from. album was called Good Kid, Mad City, and it's, it's essentially a meaning Compton. But yeah, but you would never see a video. I would be shocked if I saw a video like this from him because it's not that literal. He's using it as, um, as a narrative device. Mm-hmm. And Machine Gun Kelly is not doesn't tell us anything about Cleveland in this video. He never gives us a, like what is if like I've, I've been to Cleveland. I know what Cleveland's about in general. Um, if you don't know anything about Cleveland, you know, tell me tell me what Cleveland is like after watching this video or hearing about Machine Gun Kelly rap about it. I don't think you could. And I think I th- as far as I know, part. it's it's like a lot. Like Cleveland is a has a lot to do with the Machine Gun Kelly. I think. <laughs> It just looks like every other place in, you know, every other um, place in America you can find a place like this. There's there's nothing that says anything about him about being from Cleveland. And well, and I think part of that, like, I, I feel like you can capture, you can do that type of video and... And you and you can capture the energy of the place better with bet with filmmaking, um, and I think that you know with with an edit and the way that you use footage and the way that you use visual storytelling, you you can do this type of video, and 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 have a lot better uh, leave a much more significant impact from the video. I'm thinking of a video like Canal by Rat King, for example, which, uh, by, directed by Eric K. U., uh, which came out last year. That's a video that is, a, that's a song about Canal Street in New York City. And then they essentially like shot the video in that area. Um, but it is a completely different you get a completely different feel from that video. You you know. I feel like you learn and understand a lot more about that part of New York City by listening to that song and watching that video. And I and I don't think you get that from this video. I got the I got the most from the behind the scenes clips <laughs> when watching this. Like that's where I was like, oh shit, this is neat. Uh, everything else, I, I was I was not super super stoked on. And I think that might come from, like, if Machine Gun Kelly actually did, like, take part in editing this video, which I think he might have, because there is scripts, like, words at the end of the video, and it's all, like, in first person from Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, I have no doubt that he was the guy behind that, yeah. Like, actually in the editing bay. And so, you know, he's not a filmmaker, 
And so you're not going to necessarily be able to like capture that energy of a place if you if you're not as you know skilled in editing. I think we should finish this up with DJ Snake because that's also um, our second best. Vi- this is also a follow up music video to our second best video of the year last year. Explain. I I don't un- understand what's going on in this video. I'm just like so surprised. You're you're like a huge Dory Oskowitz fan. I am, but I don't understand this video, and it's nothing against Dory Oskovitz or, or anything about it. I just don't. Or apes. Or apes, yeah. I'm super racist against apes dressed in, as people. Um, but I, I, this is a failure on my part to understand the narrative of what is happening. There's something wrong in my brain where I do not understand what is happening. It is. It, it, I'll, I'll back you up on that. It's a bit confusing, but I... I basically know, kind of know what he's up to. He's so, a drug dealer. I know that. He's a drug dealer. So what? What is the? Does he fall in love with the people? One of the people he's dealing drugs to? I thought. I think so. The one girl that he Instagram creeps uh, seems to be the girl that shows up for uh, a fix. But maybe not. Hard to say. He likes I've, strippers. I definitely picked the yeah. Adam's narrative is kind of. Where was that? You know, it's a an ape, an ape, a drug dealer who's a, who's an an ape who lives in a human world, um, and uh, is uh, crushing on on one of his one of his clients. Um, and he goes on a bit and, of a bender. And he it has gets a gun. pretty. He has it gets gun. very. It gets like very aggressive, and it's very dark, and. Um, but you have to I'm watch so- the video to find out if he uses the gun. But wait, like we're not, we're not I, giving that I don't away. Know, like I like I like really love this video. You guys didn't love this video? Oh, I love it, but I don't understand it. But it's is that so? Was that your like big takeaway? From I just it that accepted that I didn't really understand it, and okay. I lo- I just loved it all the same. Right? Because it okay. looked awesome. And it's like to me, what I really like took away from, like uh, not maybe took away but like what I really loved about this video was how how grounded the whole thing felt right like I feel like this is a video that in in someone else's hands and what we're talking about right now is like how ridiculous it is right like yeah how it's like how a, like it's a silly treatment un, yeah unconvincing, done really well yeah. yeah how like unconvincing it would be or like how um strain like you know dumb like i feel like those are the types of ideas that like or feelings you would get from some from this idea like on paper like if it was okay. a kids bops video it would be terrible <laughs> <laughs> right right if it was a kids bops video, but like this is like a completely like we're not talking about any of that stuff like you guys like you guys are talking about the fact that you had issues like understanding the narrative and that's that's obviously like i it wasn't something that was it's not something that's like spoon fed, obviously. It's and but uh, but no, I really like. I love it, and I thought it was. It's it felt like really real to me, despite yeah. the fact that this is like about like this feels more real than like Planet of the Apes with Paul Giamatti. And it kind of feels like a video that you're not meant to overthink because it's sort of like here, this monkey lives in people world, and and that's where you stop thinking <laughs> about it and you just watch it. And I I think the. It, do you think that like it's uh I think it's worth talking about that um 
this is the D- this is a DJ Snake song, and DJ Snake. Well, rem- it's, actually, it's actually a remix of an Aluna George original. If we're gonna get technical about it. Well, this song came out. This came out on. No, it's totally a remix. <laughs> but this song right here came out on DJ Snake's Vivo account, and like this yeah. is definitely like a DJ Snake follow up to Turn Down for What from last year which was our number two video of the year and is another like massively successful, you know, 150 plus million view um, kind of epic music video directed by Daniels. Basically, Turn Down For What and Chandelier um, and, and Hero Mirai's uh, Flying Lotus video, like those three videos were pretty much on everybody's top 10, top 20 list from, from last year. They were the videos we saw the most. So I think it's interesting that you know, they went from like this DJ Snake went from like this crazy over the top, you know, dancing penis music video to like a dark, um, you know, kind of like Gus Van Sant movie with an ape. Yeah, for sure. So my my kind of wonder about this video is that we don't really get a lot of context for why he is... I mean, Instagram stalks this girl in the first 45 seconds. And then the rest of the video is basically his destruction, his kind of, like, self-loathing, and his inability to deal with something, his feelings for this girl... It, it almost reminds me of the necro- maybe that he's an ape. Maybe that's part of what he's dealing with, and maybe that like is part uh, of why yeah. he can't have this girl. It it it, it in the, in that way it feels very much like the nec- necro goblicon. No one survives video, directed <laughs> um, by like- Brandon Dermer, where where you kind of have a similar storyline where there's somebody he like this this person is an other creature in a regular world and can't have some female and mm-hmm. kind of rages out on that. Um, and then, th- but that like, is like more of like a co- comedic and gory rage. And this is more of like a, like a gritty, you know, dark, you know, yeah, but so much is spent on that, that I don't, I don't, re- I don't really know why this guy's upset. Why this, this, yeah, but I don't understand upset. like why on a podcast where we spent like 45 minutes talking about how much we loved the, the Sia video and like, and, and all of that, like is so like, so much of that is like left to interpretation and feeling and it can, you could go so many ways with it that you're like trying to tie this video up into a bow. Because this video puts onus on itself of for being a narrative video by being mm. so um, complex, yeah, na- narrative basically, yeah. There, there is an expectation here that when you set up even like a piece of a narrative, that there needs to be some sort of character motivation, and I feel like that that is the pr- that is the number one big glaring issue with the Nicki Minaj pink print music video or music video series or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I feel it a little bit here. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad video. I think it's a good video, but I, I the motivations that are being set up um, or the motivations that are kind of being played out um, and, and 
resolved and are in conflict, I don't feel are, are set up quite as much as we need them to be. It kind mm. of feels like there's scenes missing. Right, like we like missed may- something. Maybe... We missed a big, we missed some sort of point. Here. Yeah. Hmm. But maybe that's intentional, that they're just giving us fragments of the narrative. Lots of videos do that. Mm-hmm. Hard to say, but it does feel kind of a little bit confusing. A, a few scenes in the middle to bridge things together would probably have made it clearer, but maybe I they just, didn't want to. I, I just don't, I mean, that those things would make the narrative more clear. I agree. Yeah. Whether, whether or not I think it is necessary no. to have it's, in, it's a, mu- in, a, in a music video to like have a narrative with that much clarity i don't i don't know how necessary that is and whether or not Ezekiel has that has that like very yeah but like that that being present in a music video like very rarely like will dictate my uh, my opinion of it but you know that's why we have three of us on this show hmm um I w- would it be possible to end with the pink print really quick? I mean, whatever. We could go as long as we want with this puppy. Whoa, so- that's podcasting for you. <laughs> that's um, podcasting for you. I think we can go pink print and then fucking Kid Rock. So this was released um, in late December um, by Nicki Minaj. And Nicki Minaj has a new album out called The Pink Print. Um, her first, what was her first album's name? It had something to do with Pink, pink Friday. Um, so Nicki Minaj, there's an album in between. Uh, but I thought that was like the re the re release. It's called no no. It's called Roman Reloaded, but it's all a difference. It's just like oh okay. It's just what it's called. Um, and uh, so Nicki Minaj is all about the pink and the Roman, and this is and her new her new album is fantastic. By the way, it's a good album. Um, I like I like that song only. Uh, that's a good one with little. That's my, yeah. That's probably my least favorite, but whatever. We won't go there. <laughs> so this music video is kind of in the vein of Kanye West's Runaway video, where it's kind of like a sampling of songs, or like uh, I can't think of any of the examples. But the sampling of songs that are kind of it's strung... like the, the the Flying Lotus until the Quiet Comes video that exactly, came out exactly. Yeah, years ago. the Sam- Kanye West um... Runaway. Oh, you said that already. Yeah, yeah. So okay. there, where there is like kind of like a, a um, appetizer sampling of the songs from the album, um, kind of tear, tied together into a um, loose narrative, or maybe not even a narrative at all, but some sort of longer form video. And mm-hmm. the Kanye West Runaway case, I think the video was around half an hour. This one is uh, you know roughly half that at sixteen minutes. I um, mean, it features three parts. Um, that are that are separated throughout here, and directed by uh, Taylor Cohen and Francesco Carozzini. This is a kind of a and per, executive produced by Nabil, um, who we've talked about many times on this podcast. This is a difficult uh, video, I think, for a lot of reasons, um, and the number one reason I think is that it kind of errors on the side of the inaction um and i'll give you an example the 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 opening of the music video you can watch this video for a good solid four or five minutes and it still it looks like a car commercial starring Nicki minaj i mean i don't that's i think the narrative is like a car commercial i don't think it looks like a car commercial 
does it have in terms of like the in terms of like the composition yeah no it, it's filmed very yeah it's filmed what's the narrative she's I mean, crying I think, I, but I think that this is a, is a stylistically nice video right sure like this is a video that stylistically is nice and this is also a video if we're like looking at it like a music video um, I prefer personally uh, this style to like the type of style that we, we normally yeah I mean I think that like Hannah Lux Davis uh, makes really great music videos but like my personal preference is going to be something like that that favors this video more so like in terms of like directionally uh i'm i'm behind what is attempted in this video does that make sense no not not really um because there's because okay so compare and contrast the two opening shots of this music video or the opening shot of the music video with the opening shot of the kanye west's Runaway music video. Hold on. If you refresh right. your memory, the opening shot of the Kanye West music video for Run Runaway is I believe is Kanye West, if not it is some man, running extremely fast down a road, like he's trying to get away from something. And then, you know, this is very basic kind of narrative stuff, but if you've never kind of tried to make something like this, you may not, you know, realize how you need to create that tension or need to create some sort of narrative when you're going in that direction so you you wonder like what is this guy running away from what where is he who is he what is going on here and that creates like a narrative tension that rolls the story forward and not saying that the Kanye West video kind of plays out and and into some amazing narrative but it has interest to it the first many shots of this video are of absolutely nothing but just like buildings Um, right and and then even then, like I can go to, uh, you know, two minutes into this video, and literally all I've seen are buildings and Nicki Minaj driving. Oh, wait, those car. buildings aren't just buildings. There's narrative elements to these buildings. There's like Such as. Nicki, Nicki Minaj is clearly going is like in a state of like confusion or like up, she's upset and she's bewildered. In while as she drives, and the way that these buildings are shot is they're not like moving in a way that seems natural, they're like drifting apart from one another, they're spinning around. I feel like this, those, the way those buildings are shot is mirroring the emotions that Nicki Minaj is feeling as she drives. I agree that there's inaction and that, and that that goes on for a while but i don't think that it's worthless or useless or filler i think that it's they're trying to achieve something with that um the level of success is up to you know your own opinion but i think that they're after something there um well it's the same reason they tell film students to not start with the with the montage of somebody getting ready and making their breakfast which you know, if you, if you take a you know a batch of like first year film students, most of them will do something along those lines. Weirdly enough, you have to tell and them a lot not of, and to. a lot of Hollywood movies still and a whole lot of any like the Dexter opening is a good example of that. Although they had a reason to do that, to right? They're like spinning there. it on its head. But there's there's just there's no 
you know, we finally get into like some sort of like narrative tension, like two minutes and nine seconds into the video, where you see her fighting with her boyfriend. And even though that's not super interesting, even though that's the whole, that's the, the the thread that carries the entire video through, we're still not even you know privy to anything that to capture our interest until two minutes in. I just feel like when Is you're it, taking a a fifteen minute video, you have to kind of pay attention to that kind of stuff. I I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. However, I don't, I think that that's a, that's not that's aside a, a the the original point that I was making. You're you're looking at this in the context of like comparing it to like other long music videos, Kanye West and 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 Flying Lotus, which is a fair context to to look at it, and it doesn't necessarily stack up to those, or doesn't at all. Um, but if you're looking at it in the context of Nicki Minaj music videos, this is this is a direction I'm into. Um, Nicki Minaj is someone who, as much as I love the Anaconda video, has this year put out a music video that is basically just about butts, 100% <laughs> music video about butts in the jungle. That's what Anaconda is about. And I think that for us, for that song, that's the music video you need to make, and bingo, they, the brango, they got it. <laughs> but like, we go from that to a music video where we're, where at least me, I am like searching for, and you, and you are too, like some emotional tension and some like reasoning behind the things we're looking at, and. What, when do you ever think about that in in a, a butt music video? That's like the lowest barrier, though. That's like the lowest. We're talking about we're talking about Nicki Minaj music videos, though. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're talking about. I know, but it's just so it's so ham fisted in this. It's like Nicki Minaj shots of Nicki Minaj crying. Like I would take, I would take uh, Super Bass or Anaconda over this any day. Um, because she's, I, I understand the direction she's going. She actually has a, a nice, you know, a beautiful voice, and she's changing up the style and she's changing up the direction. But I don't think that there is any vision here or any sort of compelling reason to be interested in her as an artist at the, visually at this point. Um, because you know, crying behind the wheel of a car, or driving around the city because you fought with your your boyfriend or whatever. Is not is not a compelling narrative. I mean, and I'm sorry, it's just not. It, it's I mean, not interesting. You're right. No, no, you're right. You're definitely right. You're right about that. And like, whatever. Like, kind of right. This is like a risky thing for her to try to do and to put money behind. Like, it, the people who pay for her music videos are going to be like, "Give me more butts in the jungle." What are you talking about for any of this? And I don't know. I just think that like the fact that this music video exists is a plus in my book, not a minus. Um, I don't. Hey, that's it, but hey, that's me. In terms of, I guess, Nicki Minaj videos and and changes of directions, where I personally would have would like to see her go more is like the pills and potions direction, which was still kind of a more serious uh, direction. She definitely wasn't as crazy looking in it, but, but I just thought it had that creativity. Uh, like it was very unique. Right. And it was still like a stylistic change. Nicki Minaj has put out a, a, 
a, a wide of variety of music videos this year. That's when you said pills and potions, I was like, holy shit, pills and potions was this year, and then so was looking ass uh, N word. Yeah, last year, right? So is looking ass N word directed by Nabil. Uh, Nicki Minaj has put out five music videos um, essentially in the last year. That's and they've all been like very different than one another too. That's pretty. I think maybe she's testing the waters of just kind of seeing what kinds of different things she can do, and if that's what this video is then it's a success because she's still kind of experimenting with what she wants to do i think she could do it all she's she's pretty great i like Nicki minaj a lot and i can't i don't think i've always been able to say that i like that she's pretty great i really like that she doesn't really diss on other female rappers very much i think that's a cool thing she kind of sticks up for them she just because she doesn't fucking need to you know all these bitches is his sons (laughs) <laughs> mm. Um, I liked the their her verse and only where she 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 makes a lot of weird uh, analogies about uh, just like just like dumb dumb wordplay things like uh, sh- sh- hold on I gotta look up the lyrics real quick um, <clears throat> hold on I gotta cut this out hold on but it's funny hold on she's great. Nicki Minaj is awesome. Uh, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, here's like here's a good Nicki Minaj line. That's pretty funny. Had to show bitches where the top. No, that's the wrong one. Um, <laughs> these uh, these hoes couldn't test me even if their name was Pop Quiz. Now that's that's a choice line. Here's another one. I don't fuck with these chickens unless their last name is Cutlet. Yeah. yeah uh, you. Those are the ones. That, those are the ones that you're highlighting as the ones you. As the no, ones I'm you just like. kidding. Those are just dumb lines. But I think that I, I definitely respect the way she's going. I feel like this. The Pink Print movie has artist getting in the way of everybody else in the creative process written all over it to me. Yeah, maybe. I don't think this would have gotten through anybody else. But, um, I feel like she has shown in the past that she is kind of willing to let people make other creative decisions while bringing her own personal decisions to the project. I think super bass is a really great example for that. Uh, and even Anaconda is a great example of that. And my personal favorite, um, stupid Ho, uh, directed by hype Williams is an also a great video and a great collaboration. So I Can think she get... needs to bring that kind of element. I, I back. think she's she's worked super hard and she's earned the right to make something like the pink print video. <sighs> well, if then I have the right to I don't know what I have the right to do, but that just we have the right shit to make a two hour podcast. We have the yeah. right to, we have the right to talk to close with this kid rock music video. Can we just do that <laughs> yeah. real quick? All right. Um, because there's something really important I want to talk to you about this Kid Rock video. And this Kid Rock video for First Kiss, which is a, which is a song that um, I think was made with an algorithm. Because uh, that's how formulaic that shit is. I think they just like <laughs> put a bunch of numbers in an algorithm and this fucking song came out. It's the an other iPhone end. app. It's, it's fucking app. insane. And, uh, um, and, and the music video is literally just um, performance and driving, um, but like to me, is Kid does Kid Rock seem like strangely nervous during his performance? Like to me, he looks nervous as shit 
as he performs in front of this band. Like, he, like, just met them or something. Like, I don't know. This is really weird in how, like, how uncomfortable and stiff fucking Kid Rock feels. Even, even driving. He looks like an, like he just got his driver's license. Or maybe he's, he's like... He's, like, trying to quit drugs or something. I don't know what it is, but he's, like, comple- like he seems completely out of place in, like, in a thing that was, like, that, that should, he should be, like, like part of completely. And he, like, he does not. He does not feel that way to me. Kid Rock is one of the most fascinating people in any genre, I feel like. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that because he's absolutely amazingly fascinating i mean you look at i challenge you to to take two videos from two different artists and have them be so different so watch bod bod did a bah or whatever from 1999 directed by dave myers and this video back to back it's just <laughs> like he uh, kid rock just absorbs things like new ideas like and he's like oh yeah, i'll do this now i mean you remember me. this is me now you remember the um what's the name of the uh the video uh, all summer long that he did a few years ago which was sort of like a um uh sweet home of alabama-esque kind of southern country rock song they did really super well the video has 51 million views and this one is very much in the vein of these what i hear no, you know, constantly on country radio, which is basically you know reminiscing about the good old days where you, you know, were cool and young and had a girl that looked half decent, and you were cruising around town and doing stuff. I mean, it's just it's basically exactly that. It is had a girl that looked that looked half decent. Yeah, and, I mean, and like, and he's the thing that's so fascinating about Kid Rock is he sells it better than anybody. Like, I watched this video and I was like. Man, I am super bummed out that I that like I or like I'm super nostalgic about when I had a, you know a girlfriend. We were driving around drinking out of the same cup in my Chevy. I, I like I believed that that was like some sort of forgotten past for me. He's really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, did anyone read? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm just like I'm not getting behind anything positive about Kid Rock. Did anyone read Kid Rock's op-ed in Rolling Stone from five days ago? No. What did it say? <laughs> uh, Kid Rock has penned a no-nonsense op-ed piece that shares his views on technology, drugs, abortion, and gay marriage. Oh, you guys God. ready to You guys ready to hear his thoughts on those things? Uh, I think we will link to it in the show notes. The, the headlines. The headline, uh, when you Google it, is Kid Rock colon, I don't face tweet. Uh, So now we know his thoughts on that. Uh, Nothing strikes me as someone, like, trying to pretend like they don't know about technology than, like, them combining two social media accounts into one thing. Face tweet is a fucking... Fuck you, Kid Rock. Like, he's the, you, he's the you ultimate. Know what, you know what Facebook is. Like, he is the ultimate chameleon. He is the ultimate. <laughs> if you want him to play the grandmother writing the community <laughs> newspaper about how they don't know about technology, Kid Rock will do that. If you want him to, to do a the most generic, like, like Toby Keith-esque 
country rock song and music video, like Kid Rock is there. I feel like Kid Rock You're could, so could, right. could and like if, Kid Rock. If you paid him enough money, could release this, could release like a smooth jazz album for the right, <laughs> the right price. Yo, he's got it. He's got it on the shelf, just ready for a buyer, man. He's go. He's good to go, man. He's got the he's got the flute and everything. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Smooth jazz has flutes. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not. I I didn't read this op-ed. I do know that like. He's pretty um, uh, conservative, so I don't have high hopes on what his thoughts on these uh, issues are. Uh, but he could surprise me. And uh, we should also thank Kid Rock in general for bringing the United States Mr. K- Uncle Cracker, which the director of this video, Eric Welch, he directed the Blue Skies video by Uncle Cracker from 2015, which has a has an IMVDB pick on it, believe it or not. So there you go. Oh my god, I remember this video. This video is actually pretty sweet. It's a uh, it's a good it's a funny video. Eric Welch yeah. is a good director. This is, yeah. It's yeah. it's tough. No, this video is not like bad because of Eric Welch. It's bad because like Kid Rock feel feels like he's afraid. <laughs> afraid of what though what is he afraid of no like it's like he's never seen a a video camera before or like (laughs) he's like he's got like a crush on the female bass player i don't know what it is but uh but yeah he's packed so many people into this band he's like he is afraid of not having a some sort of person in this band i also like how the the younger kid rock is like looks like a model with that they just like painted on a goatee onto or like a chin strap beard onto right you're 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 the baby kid rock <laughs> i am all right um you look like ashton kutcher playing the young steve jobs basically <laughs> rock got a fake beard a uh, note to everybody fake beards look fake uh just so you know um i don't know if i don't know if ashton kutcher's beard was fake in the in- this video looks like that. This is a classic kind of like um, I'm a touring. I, you know, there's there's different types of musicians. There's like you know musician musician where they're they're all about their craft and their art, and then there's like the touring musicians where they're like fuck it, I'm bagging in the money, and you can always tell the difference by their drummer. Um, if they have an overweight eccentric drummer, they're totally in the uh, they're totally in the tour bagging that money thing. Um, and the best example of that is Paul McCartney, who has that like you know three hundred pound, three hundred fifty pound like uh, Hawaiian drummer, um, who's really good. Surround, surrounds himself with surrounded drums. by a ton of drums. <laughs> and Kid Rock is definitely doing the same thing. He has, I can't describe this woman who's playing the drums, but uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of females good. in his band. Yeah, a lot of he's doing a little Jack White thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that because there's like 45 people. Like the <laughs> ratio is still pretty bad, but yeah. they did pop up. It's not all white males, so maybe he's not, maybe he's not so Republican. Um, and with that, you think we're closing, up, closing up shop. Yeah, we'll shut it down. Two hours is enough. This is people. This is gonna take like this takes people like six rides to work. By the time they're done listening to this podcast, one of our new podcasts will be out. So, Doug, do you have anything to plug? Uh, do I have anything to plug? No. <laughs> that's, that's good because we don't have time for it. Adam, what, do you have anything? To what plug? about no? Uh, yeah, Adam. No, I not no nothing, nothing to plug. Let's, let's shut it out. Okay. Since you asked though, uh, 
Pheromone. You? Well, I'm going to be going on tour with Kid Rock later. Oh, shit. Are you going to play drums for him? 